I'm Christian, and welcome to the Gemoir Leadership Podcast, a show where we talk about effective collaboration, influence, and leadership in an increasingly complex world. My interview partner is Dr. Dirk Schlimm. Dirk is an international leadership expert and the author of Influencing Powerful People. The purpose of this podcast is to share ideas and stimulate discussion, and it does not constitute professional advice of any kind. If such advice is needed, the services of a competent professional should be sought. The speakers, hosts, and Gemar International Incorporated are not to be held responsible for any use, misuse, or reuse of the content. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Gemar Leadership Podcast. For today, we had originally planned an episode that talked about Nordstrom, the American luxury department store chain closing its stores in Canada. But then in the course of this week, a much bigger closure hit the business news, and that's the collapse of SVB Financial, which is the parent company of Silicon Valley Bank. The demise of the Silicon Valley Bank has sent shockwaves through both tech industry and the financial services industry, and this in turn has prompted televised reassurances from firstly the U.S. President Joe Biden, who said the U.S. banking system is safe, and a statement from the Bank of England that the wider UK banking system remains safe, sound, and well capitalized. I should also add here that even I received an email from my online investment management service advising me that my money was safe. They even added to the first line RIP SVB, which may sound a bit tasteless, but definitely reflects the gravity of this news. So given all that we have heard about this collapse, we decided we would do a special episode on the story of the SVB bank. And today we'll cover that while next time, hopefully we'll pick up on Nordstrom Canada and discuss that. So Dirk, who is Silicon Valley Bank and why is this story such a big deal? Yeah, uh, thanks, Christian. So Silicon Silicon Valley Bank is, or we should say now, was a a bank based in San Francisco uh, that was focused on doing business with startups, especially uh, technology startups, the the kind of uh, companies that, that the Silicon Valley is known for, and hence the name Silicon Valley Bank. Okay, Dirk, great. So what's so special about them? Well, um, Christian banks, by their very nature, as as you probably will will appreciate, can be risk averse. And it can be hard for a startup to get bank financing uh, because their business is uncertain or they do not have any assets which they can put up as collateral to secure loans. So so typically, the banks will ask for that kind of uh, uh, collateral. And so so SVB stepped in, or if you will, stepped up and and really carved a niche for themselves, which uh, made it very successful. They they were lending uh, to these startups. And and, uh, uh, that, uh, with the the growth that accelerated, or one couldn't even say uh, uh, turbocharged uh, during the uh, startup boom in the past years that was uh, very uh, successful. And and so SVB became the 16th largest lender in America with with over uh, $200 billion in assets. And and that's, that's that's really a big deal. Yeah, Dirk, sounds like a big deal and a fascinating story behind that. So what went wrong here? Yeah, uh, so first of all, uh, Krishna, you're right. It it surely looked like a big uh, success story until 
recently. And the actual problem, however, if I if I can put it like this, stem from the, the somewhat or very counterintuitive thing that the bank had had too much money. That, that turned out to be that turned out to be the problem. Yeah, Dirk, that does sound incredibly odd. Could you unpack that for me? Yeah. So uh, in the startup uh, boom over the past years, which very much continued through the uh, pandemic and in some areas even accelerated in the uh, pandemic. So you, you remember that many tech companies really uh, took off during the uh, pandemic with things like video conferencing, for example, those those became very, very hot things very, very suddenly. And so uh, venture capital or VC firms, as they're known, they pumped a lot of money into the startups. And, and so, so much so that the startups needed actually deposit that money that, that flowed in uh, somewhere. And, and it's a good time here to remember that a bank at its most basic, I mean, the financial industry is very uh, sophisticated, but at its most basic, a, a bank does two things to facilitate business. It is a place where people can safely keep their money and it is a place where they can secure loans to conduct their, their business. And, and so in this case, and somewhat unexpectedly, one might add, SVB, instead of being mainly a lender for startups, became a place where startups kept their money. Okay, Dirk, that doesn't necessarily sound problematic to me. What happened then? Yeah, what, what, what happened is that SVB invested that money themselves by buying interest-bearing assets so such as bonds to earn a return on all the billions of dollars that they received they just didn't have them uh, lying around there they 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 bought bonds so if you will lend the money to to other people and and they bought uh, assets that are considered very safe things that you know where you will get uh, your money back so safe deposits like like US treasury bonds so so by no means anything that would have been considered speculative I'm not a banking expert here, Dirk, but that seems like standard practice to me. Why was this a problem? Yeah, so so the problem now we're actually getting getting to the problem. These these bonds and similar securities that they bought, they were very safe. And so by safe, we mean that there was virtually no risk or very low risk of defaulting, which is bankers speak for for getting your your money back. But they they bought those bonds and securities at a time when interest rates were very low and in order to earn a bit more money they locked them in for a longer time when 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 they then lend out if you will the money to other people okay Derek, i'm starting to see what's going on here so in essence they borrowed short-term money from depositors who could ask to be repaid at any time and then invested that in long-term assets that are impossible or at least incredibly difficult to withdraw from when they are needed all of a sudden yeah, Christian, that's that's exactly it. Because when when all of a sudden interest rates went up, uh, which they did due to inflation, everyone with a conservative or safe portfolio, say a retirement for portfolio, mm -hmm. saw the value of their portfolio go down because they now had low interest bonds locked in for some years in their portfolio, while at the time same time one would be able to buy new bonds at much higher interest rates. And so the prices of these locked-in bonds went, went down. Got it, Dirk. But just reflecting on that, couldn't SVB just waited for interest rates to come down again and for things to normalize over time, I suppose? 
Yeah, a, a question that 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 that's true, um, and and that is exactly what what will happen with with people when they look at their uh, retirement portfolios. The investment advisor will tell them, "Hey, we wait this out. Interest rates come back down, and so so over over time, you will be okay, uh, so to speak." But that. Uh, was not what happened here because now we're in this new macro financial environment, if you call it that, high inflation and more uncertainty and and all of those things, higher higher interest rates, and so now all of a sudden it became much harder for these startups that uh, for 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 time had too much money, if you will. Now it becomes all of a sudden hard for them to raise funds from from venture capitalists or through public offerings. Right, and so they wanted their money back. <laughs> exactly. And now SVB had the money locked in and the securities that they had bought had lost in value. And so they could not pay their customers who wanted their money back now. And so they ran into trouble. And this is when the bank regulator uh, stepped stepped in. And, and SVB had been so become so successful and grown so big that they had become a really a major player in the financial system and especially in the startup and the tech industry. And it's really, therefore, uh, what we would have to call a massive failure compared to uh, the financial crises of uh, of, of the past. I, I've, I read one report that it is the second largest uh, bank failure actually in, in, in U.S. history. Wow, Dirk, that is a big deal. And I think we all now have a very clear and vivid picture of why this is such a big story. And again, that makes it all the more interesting, just thinking about that note that I received from my own investment service commenting on this right away. And presumably, just thinking more about this, the same problems could exist with other banks. And that's what regulators are stepping in to contain right now. Yeah, exactly, Christian. And that's what uh, um, that's what's going on right now as we speak. Yeah. Got it, Dirk. So we're living through some history and we'll all have to wait and see how it plays out here. And at the Jemoir Leadership Podcast, we're always looking for practical lessons from history and we're living through history right now, it sounds like. So let's think about managers who might be listening to this podcast or people in other, other positions. And that includes perhaps seasoned individuals or perhaps managers who are new to their responsibility. And while I'm sure that bankers and financial people are learning a lot from this crisis with SVB, uh, and for some other time, we might want to talk about that. Let's just think about perhaps some generic practical lessons that we could draw from this. Dirk, what do you have in mind? Yeah, Christian, that, that, that's, that's a good question. And, and you're right, there are a lot of lessons here for, for banks and treasury operations uh, which in, in companies, which is the activity of, of making sure uh, your company has the financial resources it needs to, to operate. And, and that's a kind of a very complex field. But more broadly, I think there are really three things here that any manager uh, can can learn uh, as we follow the, the the SVB story. All right, Dirk, let's start with number one. What is that? Well, the, the first one is indeed that you need to manage your your money well, and this is a, a key for us as individuals with regard to mortgages and uh, retirement uh, portfolios. But but it's also, of course, for for businesses and SVB is really a reminder, in, in my opinion, that the basics of financial management still matter, and they, they matter quite a bit. Okay, Dirk, so can you unpack that for us? Sure. Um, so more recently, um, the people in the economy had really gotten used to what's called 
easy money. So, so, so money that you can get at very low interest rates to then invest in your, in your business. And so people weren't quite as worried about uh, anymore having, having access to money to, to run their business. And it even became popular at some point to say that, that companies run on data. We, we, we heard that a lot. And, and there is, there's a lot of truth, truth to that. Uh, but ultimately the lifeblood, if you will, of any company is cash and, Cash is money that you can use right here, right now to pay your employees, to pay your bills and to keep your, your business open. And you need to be able to pay your bills when they're due or you go bankrupt, even if you have otherwise a good business. And, and so you can be a very successful business on paper, so to speak, but you run out of cash because, for example, you can run, off, run out of cash, for example, because you cannot access the money you have invested. Or more broadly, uh, you cannot convert your products that you sell into cash quickly enough to pay your employees or your suppliers. And so cash matters and you need to keep a close eye on, eye on it. And, and that's why, in a way, it is a bit shocking that SVB, a bank, right? So money people fell apart because they made a mistake in their treasury operations, something that they really should be uh, experts in. And, and I'm sure uh, they are professionals and I'm not here to judge them at all, but it just shows how important that really is. You need cash available in sufficient quantities to run your business. And, and I think that's a big lesson to remember, or maybe for some of our listeners to learn, especially if you have only been managing during a time where credit has been widely available. Okay, Dirk, hearing you loud and clear, businesses run on cash, and when you run out of cash, you are in trouble, even if it otherwise may be good business. What's the second point? Yeah, the second one is really related to the first one, and, and it shows the danger of growing too quickly. So SVB has been around for some time, but they really took off very quickly during the time of the, of the big tech uh, boom and and lots of money was looking to be invested due to the low interest rates and and this is how they accumulated these massive massive uh, deposits and and so this kind of fast growth can be a problem for any business for for a number of uh, for a number of reasons. So Dirk, you're going to have to explain that some more. Isn't it good for a business to grow? And I'm thinking here, the faster the better. I mean, isn't that what makes business exciting for people versus a steady at those kind of view or story, which sounds kind of boring. Yeah. And, and, and Christian, so, so let me say this first. Sometimes boring is good, mm -hmm. uh, but, but, but let, 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 me, let, let me tell you, 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 you why. And, and so first of all, if a business grows super fast, it can run out of cash, which was really our first lesson. And, and so um, for let, let me give you an example. A business all of a sudden sells a record amount of products, uh, but then customer will only typically pay you much later on. And um, so, you know, 60, 90, even 120 20 days. And, and in the meantime, you have to buy supplies and you have to pay people who, who make all these uh, products. And so if you have this kind of explosive growth, the business all of a sudden needs lots of raw, raw material, lots of inputs. And so, so you, you have to pay so many people or you have to pay for temporary help. And, and so the bills are piling up, uh, but the, the, the money from all the customers doesn't come in 
fast enough. And, and so that's why during an era of fast growth, there is a bigger risk that that maybe even customers say they, they change their minds, something happens or or you cannot keep up. They they want the product faster. And 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 so then you don't again get the money fast enough because you have grown so quickly. And and so so that's the the financial uh, aspect, but there are there are other aspects as well. All right, Dirk, hanging on the edge of our seat. Tell us about those other aspects. Well, so so if you're going very quickly, for example, you may not be able to put in the infrastructure that you need to support so many more uh, customers. You you may hire too many uh, people too quickly. Some of them may be the wrong people, or mm. it's very inefficient because you don't have the processes, you don't have the technology uh, that you really need to to handle all of that volume. Uh, efficiently. And and then there's also, uh, even if I get all of that organized, there is a brutal reality that working in a large company can be a lot less fun than working in the startup when we first got going and the people knew each other and everybody went out of the way to, to help each other. And now it's more uh, transactional and it's more bureaucratic and somehow it's just not the same uh, anymore. And, and so while some people may think that uh, getting the business to grow is a problem, which it obviously can be. Managing that growth well can be just as big a problem. And, and sometimes going a bit slower may actually help us to build a more solid company in, in the long run. Dirk, that makes a lot of sense. Growing too fast can be very problematic. So what's our third lesson here? Yeah, the, the 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 third one here is is really piqued my interest, and and there was a, a really interesting statement from the CEO of of uh, the SVB Bank, and and as I mentioned when we when we started, SVB helped a lot of startups and helped a lot of businesses that would have had a difficult time getting loans from a traditional uh, big bank, and it's it's not uncommon for businesses. Uh, to complain about their, their, their banks, that they're keen to lend the money uh, when things are good, but then to call in their loans and create problems when things are uh, not so good. And there actually have been at some point, there were, uh, you know, in the US court cases around this, um, uh, the questions whether a longstanding relationship creates a special duty uh, to support your borrower through a, uh, a rough patch. And does it? Well, no. So as far as I know, it 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 doesn't, unless of course there are like special circumstances or violations of some uh, specific obligations that might have uh, existed. But but typically, it's it's not it's not the case. If if they have the right to get the the money back, they can they can call the loan the loan back if if that's what the contract allows them to do. Gotcha, Dirk. So then, thinking back, what was that statement from the CEO of the Silicon Valley Bank? Yeah, so the CEO of SVB, he urged his clients in a statement to, and I quote here, to support us as we have supported you. And and that was so interesting to me because it really showed the role reversal in this case. And and the first role reversal, if you will, you remember we talked about this a moment ago, were that clients were depositing money, uh, lots of money, rather than borrowing money. And, and that created a uh, a problem, and and again, some people might have a tough time uh, thinking about too much money uh, being a problem. But, but you especially have to remember if it's if it's other people's money, not not your own money. You always have to be extra careful, right? If you have too much of other people's money, uh, it, and they will want it back at a convenient or inconvenient time, that creates 
uh, a problem. And, and then the other one is that normally, again, the bank's clients are the ones who complain that the bank is not supporting them. But here's the bank is saying that they needed the support of their clients or their customers. Yeah, Dirk, that sounds like a bold call for help. So the natural question I think we're all having is, did they do it? Did they get the support they needed from their clients? No, they didn't. Oh. Uh, and and those those companies, they they wanted their money back, and they 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 wanted it now. And, and this is how this is how we ended up here. So, Dirk, thinking about that, what's the big lesson here? Yeah, Christian, the bigger lesson is, and probably uh, that is what what somewhat removed from the story here is that trust and relationships matter hugely in business, and they cannot be taken. Uh, for, for for granted, there will always be business partners with whom you have a better relationship, who do not want to extract every last dollar, who do not ask you for that hundred percent, hundred page contract, and and so on. And and these are valuable relationship. And and this is so important because and as a business, you will have some customers or some other partners that are really great customers and really great partners, and you really want to hold on to those and serve them well, even if they're not complaining. And then there are others that complain constantly and they want a discount and a reduction and they, and they hold you to very, very onerous contracts. Mm. So Dirk, do we not want those customers then? Well, um, I think as a business, you, you always have to be very careful bef before you don't want a customer. But, but yeah, I think as your business grows, you may ask yourself whether it isn't better to focus on good customers and grow a bit slower, which is something you want to do anyway, as we just discussed. And, and rather than have customers or partners who make your life miserable uh, or where you just don't have the right product or service to keep them, them happy because you're, you're ending, you know, you may up ending up uh, ruining your, your reputation or when you do get a, into a bit of a jam in your business, you have people who are, you know, piling on immediately. So, so I think you want to, you want to think about that. Okay, Dirk. So give us some practical advice. What would you do? Yeah. So, so at a minimum, uh, I think business should be careful that we don't overcommit ourselves. So at a certain stage in your business, you may have too much choice as to who your customer is or who your bank is or but 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 at, at a minimum i think you want to be sure that you don't lock yourself in so you may have to accept a lot of downside in a contract for example just you know you're starting out and you can't be picky but but even then you want to be sure that you have an out and and i've seen supply contracts that do not have an out and where the company is beholden to that customer forever even if it doesn't make uh, sense anymore so i think the the basic minimum is to preserve the right for your business to choose with whom you do business and and that you then really value your good and trustworthy partners and you make sure that you're a trustworthy partner for them uh, yourself. And I might add, this is so much more uh, fun to do working with people and with businesses who are reliable, uh, who are not trying to squeeze every penny out of the relationship. Uh, but but working with people who you can trust and whom you can respect is just so much just so much more fun. Yep. Dirk, that's a, a great word. And in general, thanks for that. And thank you for those three lessons that we can learn from this uh, Silicon Valley Bank crisis. And these have been general lessons that I think will help managers in whatever position they find themselves. And 
it's interesting. The Silicon Valley Bank story has received so much attention. And I think as we're following this, it will continue to receive attention. So we'll keep track of it and see what else we might learn. Yeah, Christian, thanks. I'm really glad we had a chance to, to talk about it here. Oh, that's that's wonderful. And Dirk and everyone listening, that brings us to the end of this very spontaneous episode. So as always, let me take a look at our notes here and summarize quickly. So our three main takeaways here were, firstly, managing the cash flow of your business is very important, even if you have a good business. A business needs to have a close eye on cash, both in good times and in bad times. Our second point, while business growth is exciting and we want our businesses to grow, growing too fast can bring all sorts of problems that can actually weaken our business in the long run. We need to decide the right, play, uh, right pace of growth uh, and not be driven by what we might necessarily think is exciting or fantastic in, in the first blush. Our third and final point is trust and relationships matter in business. And the more we can deal with trustworthy and reliable partners who are looking for the win-win and want to be successful while being successful themselves, the better. We might not always have the choice, but we certainly do not want to be dependent on an unreliable partner. Dirk, what do you think? I think that sums it up well. Thanks so much, Christian. And thank you so much, Dirk. And thank you so much, everyone listening. That's been the, the episode on the SVB Bank. Hope you enjoyed it. Please let us know what you think. You can always hit us in our, our contact page. The link is in the description down below. And if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, we'd love to hear that as well. A like or a rating on your podcast app also always helps. We want to grow this community, get more people talking and thinking about business management and leadership. But that's all the time we have for today. We hope you will join us again in a couple of weeks when I hope we'll revisit that interesting sounding case with Nordstrom Canada.